Hello and welcome to this episode of The Archers. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you caught me off guard with that one. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the theme tune to The Archers. Oh. <laughs> Do 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 necromantic. So, any non-English going to be such a tasteful episode. Yeah, any non-English people just like, what on earth are they talking about? God. Right. Anyway, I'm with Dom. How you been, Dom? I have been great. How about you, Steady? I am excellent. Let's talk about fucking necromantic. Wow, this this movie, man, this movie. At one point, this was basically considered like as low as cinema could go. Like you could not get something more tasteless than this. Yeah, I um, I literally just watched this yesterday for in preparation for this, and I have so many thoughts and no idea how to get them out. <laughs> like. I literally have the same thoughts. Like, I was like to my girlfriend, like, I have no idea what I'm going to say. I'd seen it before and I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to say about this. But maybe if I watch it again, my thoughts will go in order. Absolutely no. I just have more (laughs) sort of bleh to get out about this film. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, these things are usually free farm, so we'll just go for it anyway. But (laughs) We'll, we'll go for it. Um. I guess let's start with the filmmaking and then go on to, like, what we think about the film meaning-wise. Because filmmaking-wise, I think the world would be decent. Yeah, yeah, it's not, like, obviously super, like, the most low-budget of low-budget thing you can kind of get. But I love it. I love how DIY it is. I love how it's just such, like, grungy, awful... Like, it is somebody and is, like, Super 8. I don't know if they've seen another film, feature film, that shot on Super 8. No, God, I don't think so. Like, I love what you say there about grungy as well. Like, God, this film is grungy. Like, oh, my God. It's just dank, like, dank in the actual meaning. (laughs) Like, it's just dank, like housing and flats and offices and a van and that's like it uh i mean the gore effects are pretty good for like a zero budget film um like that corpse looks fucking dope and the music is pretty damn good yeah i think the music's pretty great um these things tend to usually have pretty decent music especially german like the music is usually decent and like you said, the gore effects, like, like it had me saying holy shit at some points. Like, I was like, oh my god, that looks horrific. So it clearly got a reaction out of me. Oh, it definitely. It, it's a very, like, it's a really intriguing film. Like, we talked about Last House on Left. I feel really dirty watching it. I don't know if I felt dirty watching this. I felt really, like, I was quite captivated by it. Yeah, same. I mean, I, I guess the movie strikes a tone instantly with, oh, here's a woman urinating. And I was like, oh, I know what film I'm watching. <laughs> like, I understand what film just I'm going like, to be watching. <laughs> it's just instant fucking, like, bad taste. And I, I love the films. Like, 
it's got such a bitter sense of humor throughout it. Yeah, massively. It is definitely a black comedy. Like, it's such a... It's su- They were clearly trying to be the- funny at points. And now for a let's find the most amazing connection we could found. You know what this film reminded me of most? I mean, okay, film-wise, I'll get on to something else later on when we talk about the meaning. But it's... Budgerite considers himself very punk. And a lot of his, like, his short films... Especially, Cap- as Mark Kermode would say, his unwatchable short films, <laughs> especially like Captain Berlin, uh, it's very, it's clearly punk. This reminds me of like a Misfit song. Oh God, yeah, it's such a Misfit song. Like, Die Die My Darling like, or something like that. It is so that. Like, literally some, something like Die Die My Darling or Last, or Last Caress. It's like this fucking shocking thing with actually a bit of artistry behind it that sort of whatever you can read into it, it's really not meant to be taken as, as anything particularly serious. No, definitely not. Like, it's definitely the guy who's just like, fuck you, in a lot of it. Like, like... The... <laughs> oh, he's so, it's so fuck you throughout the whole yeah. film. It's, and that's what I think. I think it's real punk. It's such like a, I mean, who else would make a, a love letter to necrophilia as a film? Like, it's not like... <laughs> It's true. Well, John Waters really likes this film. That's, that's not a surprise in any in any stretch of. The... Oh, um, Pink Flamingos might have been Super Eight in terms of Super Eight, the films that I've seen. That, that might be the only other one. Though. That's true, actually. Yeah, I didn't think of Pink Flamingos. <laughs> but yeah, um, oh, it might not be. But like, yeah, he's I, looking at interviews with Budger Wright. He doesn't. He just he strikes me as quite German, and it it like. You kind of expect some crazy dude making behind these films, but he strikes me as like kind of a normal dude, which is <laughs> quite great. Yeah, just some normal dude. Like, oh, also, I made a film called Necromantic. Do you want to do you want <laughs> to watch it? Like, oh, it's about a, like, <laughs> a woman who. Oh my god, this film, man! Like, <laughs> a woman who has sex with a dead corpse. That's the that's like the best fucking scene. Oh. That's incredible. That. Uh, yeah. 10 out of 10 corpse fucking. I was just like, oh, this is like softcore. Okay. <laughs> like a point. <laughs> softcore with the dead. And until that bit, the film is somewhat restrained. I mean, minus the gore effects. Like, there's no nudity up until that point, even though there's a lot of sort of implied nudity. Yeah, yeah. Um, And let's kind of just go back to like the humor and the satire like is there kind of satire in this or is this like pure nihilism because i think there's something quite funny about this guy working for like joe's cleaning (laughs) like the dodgiest company ever like oh no the police aren't clearing this it's joe's cleaning service in their one van like a guy who's such a fucking loser like his girlfriend leaves him for a dead body like that's quite funny yeah i think this is i don't think this is real I mean, it's got a hint of nihilism, but it's nothing compared to the rest of the stuff we've done. I think there's so much more satire in it. Like, like you said, the working for the cleaning company and then getting left for a corpse. That's how much you suck. It's such a, a nihilistic, but then satirical look at that much more than any others do. Yeah. And I've read, I've read some analysis of the film. I've read a lot of that today, actually. Um, where it's saying it's making fun of a kind of specific genre of German post-war German filmmaking called the the Heimatfilm, sorry Germans, <laughs> or the Homeland film. 
in English, which is like these sort of post-war, very conservative, good versus evil morality tales oh, okay. that were from West Germany. Which, when I first read that, I thought, oh, this is going to be like some Nazi-era film. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like post... It's sort of b- between the Nazi-era and the German New Wave. Um, and that, like, the garden sequence where the guy gets murdered is very much making fun of that. That these are, you know, these these are the real Germans and they're completely feckless. Yes, that's true. Like, obviously, I didn't, uh, I hadn't read up on that, but that it's very cool that it's like a takedown of a certain genre i love that like that just adds again to that satirical nature that we were talking about then that it obviously had that it meant to do that it meant it to be comedic and satirical that's the thing like honestly like a lot of the film i just wanted to fucking laugh like even the corpse fucking sequence which is the most well shot bit in the film but then it gets like the kaleidoscope turns on like this is this is actually fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it, exactly. Like, I, uh, but I think the new that it was ridiculous is the whole point. Like, it's not. I guess it is sincerely done, but it's really ridiculous well, as well. Another possibility for the kind of meaning behind this film that honestly, if if I talked to Budgerite and he said this is all meaningless, I wouldn't put it past him. But like is it's kind of a troll of the censorship boards. Um, <laughs> but uh, this was never put to the German censorship board, but Budgerite apparently said in an interview that he never thought he'd actually end up making this. It was intended as like a troll of the censorship boards because a lot of shit was getting banned in West Germany back then. Though he thought he'd just make the Ne plus ultra of something to get banned. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, I could see that just like a trying to push it as far as he could kind of thing. Very, very much succeeds on that. Like, uh, there's, it really seems to be very divisive in terms of the film's worth. I mean, it got like pretty well critically acclaimed at the time and it didn't actually cause a big controversy until Necromantic 2 came out. But like, I see this, like the attack of like bourgeois moral standards, I, I believe I've seen it written as. Yeah. That's like, I see that and you know it's about like working class germans as well um which is pretty neat that's the thing when you said like like how good it actually because i don't know how much i really like this film like like i i give it when i was i noticed on letterboxd you gave it a 2.5 yeah i give it 2.5 because i'm just like don't really know how much i like it and i think it has worth but then i'm also like (laughs) Did he actually mean anything? And it was a load of shit. Like it, it, it confused me a lot. I'm not gonna lie. This film. I got when I finished it. Right, I was like, that's quite decent. And after spending like half a day researching it, I'm like, nah, I actually quite like this movie. I think I've added like the Budgerite box set to like my in future possible purchases because I'm like, ah, I think I actually quite like this dude. Yeah, yeah. As like a like this actually is, looking into it kind is, of thing grassroots yeah but this is as like grassroots filmmaking as it comes and to, to to come from like fucking nothing and make these cult films that are completely endearing and that like pushed so many boundaries i have so much respect for that and the directing is pretty decent yeah yeah i'd say the directing is actually decent like obviously nothing 
absolutely groundbreaking in any sense of anything, but it's, yeah, directed and shot pretty okay, especially for the, I think I read that the budget was just nothing, that even use, like, stock footage and stuff at points. And then, I couldn't, did you find a figure? I couldn't find it. I've just seen it said, like, no yeah, budget. Which I could never find yeah, a figure. No it was just, like, basically not, like... <laughs> I mean, like, the acting sucks. Like, there's the bit in where, where they're about to fire Joe, and I'm just like, I was laughing. Yes. I was like, this is yeah. such bad, like, pornography quality acting. But, it's again, it's endearing. Uh, yeah, it's endearing. And, like, I also feel like they're probably new, right? Like, that's, like, the whole point, I think. Didn't like, I think that's the whole point of the film. <laughs> It really, this shouldn't have been so pleasant to sit through. I mean, I think if it was any longer than an hour ten, it wouldn't have been. But, like, I really, I was, like, entertained. And you know what fucking sequence I love, right? I loved the movie within a movie. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, yeah, that is so funny. The slasher film. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and again, it, like, strikes me as so punk to have this sort of scene, which is this attack on our moral standards in Necromantic. <laughs> like, it's such a fucking joke. It's hilarious. Man, this this film, like, I did not know what I was going to say going into this. Because I was just, like, thinking about, like, when they're hanging up the body on the wall and collecting the fluids from it underneath it with plates. And I'm like, oh my god, what is this? Like, Speaking of the hanging on the body, editing. Pretty good editing. Yes, yeah, decent editing as well. Like, again, far. You know what's a fantastically editing sequence? Go for it. The bit where he murders the cat. Oh, yes, yes like actually really well edited yeah and like god it's so weird because now you're saying everything i'm like i'm agreeing with you where i'm like oh my god it's actually pretty decent all of this stuff in it like <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so like i think i mean now now to get a bit more critical on it um i think the main point of comparison film wise is is Crash is the David Cronenberg film Crash? Oh, okay. And the book as well. And like, but that the this I think the main theme of both that and Crash is the connection between sex and violence. Yeah, sex. And this this yeah, it's like a theme in this, but this doesn't explore it very much. Whereas Crash, and I don't think Crash is that good of a film. Crash does explore it, and the book especially explores it very well. This is, like, a, a more superficial version of that, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Well, there's no real exploration in this, is it? It's literally, like... Because it's the connection between yeah. uh, sex and death, basically. But it just shows it, kind of, rather than exploring it or really portraying it in any way. It's just like, these people will fuck cops. That's, that's, that's kind of literally it, like... Fuck corpses and then kill someone in the graveyard and then come heavily while, while killing, killing himself. himself. Yes, <laughs> that ending scene. Oh my god, that's. <laughs> I think that's one of the most mental sequ. Like, I mean, there are like two of the most mental sequences in film history ever in this film. Oh, which which is the other that you're thinking? The corpse fucking. The oh well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really need to ask actually. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I i can kind of see like the symbolic kind of meaning that he's just like 
yeah, fuck it, everything's so terrible that I'm just going to kill myself, and I enjoy that because I'm, you know, turned on by death and really aren't they the same things? You can kind of see that arc in it. That, like, once he gives in to the fact that this is kind of his thing, he's happy, and then he kills himself. Yeah, I mean, what a way to go. <laughs> this film is, like blown my mind honestly like uh, we've done it's like talking about all this like horrible stuff we've been talking about in the past episodes so and then necromantics the one i'm like i don't know what on earth happened or what i'm saying like <laughs> it, it's just, it's so true this is like the most confounding thing we've watched so far yeah at least because uh, like uh, yeah you don't, you... all the others had some kind of like they were horrific but had some like our story in any capacity to them, like this is just I don't know, like it's borderline a conceptual art piece, frankly yeah, exactly like, it, it, it is just like they had this one idea and they're like, fuck it, let's let's create something around necrophilia romance and it was like, how do you make a film about that, like it's true, I mean He's true, and I think for the large part he succeeded. Um, I'll, you know, I want to read you something, right? This is a paper in Kino Eye by Dr. Linny Blake, who I believe teaches at Manchester Met. What do you think of this? Um, Budger writes distinctive alienating musings on the existential isolation of the desiring German subject. He... God, I hate reading out loud. <laughs> Something, I'm sorry, I'm terrible at reading out loud, audience. Uh, it's a reimagining of a deeply repressed historical past and his highly self-reflective plays on the cinema's capacity for the reproduction of regressive ideologies positions him not only as a director par excellence, but a major contributor to the cinematic art in Germany. What? Dom, Jesus what Jesus fucking for? Christ! Oh my God! Like... <laughs> I think it's a bit much. I think that might be a bit much. I mean, that's a lot of academia in there, but it's like, really? Necromantic? Like, like, <laughs> like I get... It's, it's very interesting. I get what he's saying, and I see a lot of, like, Freudian uncanny kind of stuff in there almost as well, but it's like definitely, such a definitely. reach. Like, so much of it is just a reach when you think about the main premise of what is happening in, in this film. Like, no, nothing in this film was intended on anywhere near this deep Exactly. Level. I mean, there, there's another thing I read, which is it's an allegory for AIDS. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That's not pushing it as far as this director par excellence. No, no. And I could see that as an allegory. I honestly think, though, that... <laughs> it would just be like, that's all bullshit. This is just supposed to be ridiculous. <laughs> like, I, I, I agree. I agree with certainly the word ridiculous. But like, it's just there's such a dichotomy between the fact that it's clearly like artistry in its making, especially making it on zero budget, but also the fact the film seems completely unwilling to like do anything remotely intellectual. Like, it is an exercise <laughs> in like bad taste and trolling the audience constantly yeah exactly like i could even make a a, a kind of argument for some lynchian suburban and 
blue velvet stuff almost in there, but it's so like against. I see that. I yeah, see that. against the backdrop of <laughs> a woman fucking a cop. It's so hard to ever like. It's just so hard for me to be like, yes, uh, this intellectual <laughs> like. I think there's a bit of a joke in the fact this guy, this fucking schlub, has such a pretty girlfriend. I think there's a bit of a, like, you know, this is how cinema is to that. Yeah. Because so, like, nihilistic and, like, trolly. I, I think that's just kind of part of the joke. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense as well. Where it's, it's like... <laughs> and then she leaves him for a corpse is, like, the best thing ever basically <laughs> imagine it's getting a really left good punchline it <laughs> dead bo- like when she's reading that like love book well, yes i know <laughs> this, is... <laughs> this, this episode is just us losing it way more than we ever have because this film is something this is else <laughs> i know i think you've got to be really fucking like us to watch this movie like you cannot recommend this movie to like almost anybody oh no i'm not gonna like sometimes films we've watched and stuff i'll tell other people i talk to to be like oh watch these oh we're doing a podcast watch this film this one i'll just be like listen to us talk about it do not watch this fucking thing like (laughs) (laughs) no literally literally yeah it's it's such a like admirable film like you know what's weird right so like occasionally i'll watch a movie like clerks or primer i know shane caruth is now completely problematic but like yeah i'll kiss i'll watch the movie go i'm inspired to make a movie the fact that that happened after rewatching necromantic the other day is like a shock to the <laughs> system for me i could see it though because it's that grungy diy you've not seen gummo have you no, I've not. No, very Gummo-esque and very different way to Gummo, but very Gummo-esque of just, like, zero fucking... Well, Gummo had a, a hell of a lot more budget, actually. But, like, just that grungy, like, punk feel that you talked about as well. It's so I love that... the sentence, Gummo had a hell of a lot more of a budget. You know what you're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just because we know Gummo had a... a small tiny amount of money like like you know let's get a camera let's make a gore film you can clearly do it if you have enough kind of inventiveness like the dream sequences in this pretty inventive even the car crash sequence at the beginning it's really quite good the corpse fucking sequence it's 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 such a like efficient movie oh yeah definitely and is the the ending is that like directly leading into the second one because i I, I've not Doesn't seen the second like one. It from my research. Yeah, yeah. Which is just... The ending is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it is absolutely hilarious. Just... <laughs> like, that's clearly a joke on sequel bait. Yeah, I know. We've not even talked about how it's like... Like, these Im- the implied memories of, like, his father killing his pet leads to all of this and stuff like that. And it's just like... That that's like as starry as you get within this as well. Like it, it's like this necrophilia and all of the depraved stuff this guy does is from his dad killing a pet. Like, like 
that there's there's a connection there with his short film Me Puppy, which I just watched today, and I, that actually is, as Kermode would say, an unwatchable short. Oh where, god! Like, it's a documentary about his dad, and like, who knows how real this is? Like being just like suffering medical problems and being kind of horrible and sitting on the TV not doing anything all day, and then at the end it's like, oh, he had a heart attack and died. Here's him dead in his armchair. Jesus it's Christ! Kind of some kind of Freudian. Kind of- yeah it's like a documentary who knows it's a troll or not it's so like punk that really was like wow i just watched seven minutes of this did i yeah (laughs) Um, so now i'm trying to figure out if this guy is being a troll or if he really has some daddy issues going on (laughs) 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 oh my god like how do you pitch this to your crew? How do you go, okay, uh, I need an art department person. Oh, uh, we're making a film. It's called Necromantic. Oh, <laughs> uh, we need a corpse. Can you do that? And then can you get like a little stick to put on it, please? I've always wondered how he like pitched it to the actress. Where it's like... <laughs> the a- okay, it seems like a ridiculously minor role, but looking at her filmography, she's in Wings of Desire. Gee, oh she's my like God. Someone who had zero career. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, I was the girl that fucked the cops and like. <laughs> it's always, it reminds me of that Troll Two documentary where they're like, we didn't put this on our CV for ages, and then people kept realizing we were in this, so we had to put it on our CV because otherwise it looked like we were trying to hide it. Yeah, I love how this is probably easily the most explicit episode we've done yet as well, and we talked about Antichrist first. And somehow the necromantic episode is way more explicit. Like- Last one, serious discussion of the Vietnam War and, you know, America in the 60s and all this. This one fucking corpse fucking. <laughs> Necrophilia, boys. <laughs> Necrophilia. I actually really want to watch the documentary um, Corpse Fucking Art. And there's another one that I can't remember the name, which is Budgerite's a part of on, like, German censorship. It's a good troll. Oh, yeah, it's- yeah. Like... Honestly, the, this movie, after, like, talking about it now as well, it has blown me away. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I I think I really like this, actually. I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. Like, after I was researching it, I'm like, what the fuck? Do I really like this film? I seem to, like, admire it. I really need to see the second one as well now. We'll do... We'll... Yeah, I, I thought the same. If I had had time this afternoon, I would have watched it. Like, I'm gonna watch Budgerite's other films now. I, like... And, I mean, I should say, like, it's not that good of a film. I mean, it's, I'd say it's decent. I think decent's the watchword. Like, it is a film. Yeah. But it's, like, it's poorly acted. It's, I mean, it's it's admirable for its budget, but, like, it is shoddy. Uh, yeah. There's no story to it. That's the, like, thing that I'm struggling with, where it's... That's the thing, that this thing has no story. Like... You you know what you're getting into if you go in there. Like this film is just you going in to watch ridiculous shit happen, and like it's and you know you know something like any other filmmaker, right? It would have been girlfriend leaves him for a corpse at the end of the second act, right? He's gonna go kill his girlfriend. Nope, n- none of that. No kind of arc. <laughs> no, just kills himself. Just kills himself instead. <laughs> it's such like that's such a troll move as well, isn't it? Where it's like. Oh, you're such a piece of shit. She left you for a role uh, for a cop. Just kill yourself. Like, it's such a... 
Man. Should we do a final thoughts or do we have more to say about this? I don't know. Oh, I should say as well, um, (laughs) banned in the UK, obviously, and then available uncut in 2014. Yes, it took a while, didn't it? Well, it's the Arrow Blu-ray, which now I want to get because I watched a a shitty stream of this, which must have come from like a DVD of it. I presume you watched the same one, the one that's on YouTube. And I would have quite liked to see this on Blu-ray. Like I saw an interview with Budka Wright and they asked him like, oh, don't you prefer it being on like, you know, bootlegged video and like scratch 16 millimeter print and, and i agree with him here and he went of course not like this is how it should be seen like it's, it looks like an actual movie now i'd prefer it than this oh then that's pretty good <laughs> like yeah yeah it's seeing films on heavily scratch prints is pretty fun and horrible bootleg videos it's, it's like an element of it being kind of yeah dirty and all that but at the end of the day i i just prefer a decent transfer yeah same exactly like Obviously, like, adds... I love apparently rumors. Circ- Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna agree. Like, obviously, the original kind of scratched aesthetic adds to that grungy feel. But I just love watching a film on a nice transfer that, like, I can watch. And, like a good transfer of like a, a grungy film. Like, okay, I, this is such a weird one, but I think one of the best transfers ever is the Miami Connection transfer when that got re-released because it looks like a grungy film from the '80s made for no money. But it's also watchable and in HD. Yes, I exactly. Think a, a good transfer can do that. I like how this is such a like horror typical that there's such like rumors about this film because at the time it's like um the heroine from Pushers is real. Of course it's fucking not. <laughs> this the corpse from Necromantic is real. Of course it's not. Of course but it isn't. People believe that at the time. <laughs> that was... like yeah, they just got dug a fucking corpse up and filmed it on a film set under like. I mean, it's probably had no lights in fairness, but like, <laughs> yeah, just dug a corpse up. I'm gonna say that would be pushing it a little far, I think. <laughs> but like, it's such a like, it's such a like dirty film. You, I could see people believing that. Yeah, true. It's a hell of a lot more believable than Megan is missing is real. It, that is very true. It is a lot more believable than that. <laughs> oh, right. Uh. I guess, uh, final thoughts, Dom. What do you think of York Budgerite's Necromantic? Honestly, it's still not a clue. <laughs> when we usually do the, like, recommendation, like, I don't think I could recommend it. Like, watch it if, if you want to see some, I don't know. It's such an insane film, and, it, and it, I think it is worth watching if you're really into extreme cinema, obviously. But only ever that. Like, what? What do you think? Like, I would say if you've made it this far through, if you've listened to us lose our minds for the last half hour, and you you're interested, then you're probably the kind of person you want to watch it. And it is on YouTube at the time of recording, yes. so like you're only losing an hour of your life, which you will never get back. But like, <laughs> I after watching it or rewatching it for the watching it for the second time yesterday, I was like. I think this is pretty decent and enjoyable, but I still don't really know how to piece together my thoughts. But after talking to you and researching a bit, I think I quite like this film, actually. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I think it's decent, and decent is the main word to go off with. Yeah. Like, this is we have this is no masterpiece. Like I know we've we've kind of sung its praises a bit. Like we don't no, no, none of us think this is anything other than like a heavily flawed film, but it's just so 
like, there's nothing to compare it to. Like, I compared it to Crash earlier, but, like, this is not like Crash or even, like, the book of Crash. Like, it's it's just its own th- world. <laughs> yeah, I think the best place to leave Necromantica is it's definitely its own thing. But... <laughs> Uh, so we've gone from um, flawed, grungy DIY, um, you know, necromantic to. So, Dom, what are we doing next week? I know how much you adore this film, Stennis, so I'll let you tell everybody what it is. <laughs> this is going to be the best thing we've talked about. You know, we could do 200 episodes of this podcast and it would still be in like the top five films we could possibly talk about that would suit the podcast. It is um, Julia de Cornell's um, debut feature, Raw. It is one of the absolute best fucking films of the last 10 years. I'd say top five of the last 10 years. Like, I, it's just, there's so much to talk about it. This is going to be like, we saw it, me and Dom saw it for the first time, what, four years ago only now? And I've seen it so many times since then. One of the, I think the only film I've seen twice in the cinema. Like, I'm so excited to talk about it. It's a fantastic film. And if for some reason you haven't seen it, please go watch it. It's amazing. It's going to be a good episode. It will be a lot more serious, possibly, than this yeah, one. Yes, so if you if you wanted to hear us gush about a film that we genuinely adore, Raw will be the one. Like, it's basically this audition and Clockwork Orange that we, we could gush so much about. Like, it's incredible. It's a, I'm so excited. Yeah, so that's a good tease to end it off on. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for listening to Alex and Dom fucking lose their minds for <laughs> half an hour. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time, okay? You've been listening to the Extreme Cinema Podcast with Alexander Sternberg and Dom Loach. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing as it really helps us out. The original artwork for the podcast was done by George Arnold. The Extreme Cinema Podcast, available where all good podcasts are available.